hey, hey. <laughs> what? It's the happy hour. I'm happy. Are 501 you? is the time. Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. As Gwen and Chris continues here on 97.3, the fan, Tony Gwynn Jr. had a, an appointment uh, there in Peoria he couldn't get out of. So we'll, uh, we will soldier on without Tony the rest of the way. But uh, lo and behold, Tony will be back tomorrow, of course. So we have another full four hours for you at that time. But uh, got another Actually, hour. Actually, we don't. What do we got tomorrow? Oh, that's right. We have three and a half hours We have three tomorrow. and a half because the game starts at 5.30, which we will be carrying We're carrying Padre Baseball. It's a night game tomorrow yep. at uh, Peoria, and uh, we'll have it for you beginning at 5.30 tomorrow. Very good, Scraby. Thank so you. Only three and a half hours of revelry for you tomorrow. Uh, as far as the Padres are concerned today, just tuning in. Want to know what happened uh, to, the, uh, to the home nine today in Peoria, Arizona? Well... Cactus League Championship Dreams took a hit today. It really did. Uh, Seattle scored two in the eighth, one in the bottom of the ninth to beat the Padres 5-4. Dropping the Padres' spring record to 4-3. and three, And dropping the Padres now a full two games back of the front-running Kansas City Royals in the race for the Cactus League title. You know, the Cactus League title is going to be won when all of the star players are doing I wonder the World what Baseball the, Classic. Uh, I wonder what the Royals' magic number is for clinching the Cactus League <laughs> championship. 27? <laughs> Probably so. Uh, a couple of uh, key items from today's game. Uh, good pitching performances by both Seth Lugo and Adrian Morejon. Both pitched three innings today, allowed one run. Lugo gave up a uh, solo home run to Eugenio Suarez, otherwise struck out two, walked none. Adrian Morajon, three innings, four hits, allowed one run, and struck out three. So both of those guys look good. Luis Garcia had a spotless inning of uh, relief. And uh, on the offense offensive side, uh, David Dahl had two more hits to raise his spring average to three thirty three. Juan Soto went two for three. To raise his spring average to, yes, 727. <laughs> it's ridiculous. He uh, currently has an OPS of 2023. No, that is not the year. Well, it is. Yeah. But it's also Juan Soto's OPS right now. You heard correctly. That is correct. 2023. The other two big items today Fernando Tatis Jr. made his right field debut. <laughs> Uh, yes, a hand for that. Not necessarily a hand for how he handled that one fly ball. He did uh, box one up out there today. It did not go as an error, but uh, he uh, didn't play it as well as he could have. Well, then it didn't happen if it's not an error. Okay, very good. Very good way of looking at it. Uh, Padre manager Bob Melvin talking about Fernando Tatis, not necessarily about that play, but just Fernando in general and having him around and how wonderful it all is. And it's really wonderful. <laughs> At least that's what I heard. Come on! There. Toddy and I were talking about, you know, his first game over there, how I finally get to see him play for me. It's been a while. And, you know, he's such a infectious guy. You know, just and it was born to be on a baseball field, and that's where he's most comfortable. And so to be able to... You know, go a period of time without him there felt really good, and then obviously having him in there with with Manny and Juan uh, as well today is, you know, there there certain things that get you excited during the course of spring training. Feels like the same day every day, but this is one of them. We saw him as an outfielder back in 2021, but that was kind of like an in-season transition. Right. What do you make of kind of 
what he can be as a as a right fielder given the tools that he has? He can be anything he wants to be. He can probably play any position on the field. So he's been working hard at right field. You know, we talked about you know what what might transpire come spring training and we really haven't even had that talk since we've been here he just runs out to right field so it's making it easier on me too first three in the Padres order today was Fernando Tatis Jr. Juan Soto Manny Machado one two three it's pretty good not too shabby down at the other end of the lineup today playing second base was newly acquired infielder Rugned Adore nice job Uh, how'd I do on Rugned did I get close I, I just I, it's You're one very of those worried names. about his name. I am because I just I I I'm, I'm very bound to pronounce it like rough Ned or rough guy or <laughs> rough guy. Something just way offline. <laughs> so I, I'm doing my best with this. But uh, Odor did uh, talk today inside the Padre clubhouse, and uh, sounds like he thinks pretty much the same thing that everybody else thinks about this Padre ball club. Been working in everything, you know, like eating, be working in everything for this season. I'm ready to go, and I feel really good. What positions do you play? Yeah. I'm playing second base today. Second base, but anywhere else, like or during the rest. I gonna, I don't know yet. Or, but okay. I'm gonna be playing different positions. Maybe third, second, first. I don't know. When you look around at who your teammates could be, you know, on the team, what what do you make about it? The makeup of this clubhouse, and you guys have. I mean, this this is a great team. You know, like they have everything. They have good chemistry. They got good pitches, good, good defense, good offense. Like, I love it. Rugnet Odor there talking with uh, our friend Danny Heilbrunn. And AJ Castavell. And Sam Levitt. All of them. All of them. All of them doing our work for us down yes, in Peoria. that is true. We thank them very much. Wait, real quick. Uh, did you see this tweet by Annie about Jake Cronenworth? I didn't. Okay. So this is wild. But Annie tweeted this. I'm about to blow your mind. I asked Jake Cronenworth about Manny calling him Jacob all camp. Turns out the league decided to call him Jake when he was drafted. No one close to him calls him Jake, he said. It's always been Jacob. High school, college. It's been Jacob. So we've been calling him the wrong name this entire time. Even though he said uh, he doesn't really mind either way, but everybody he knows calls him Jacob. Yes, but if we call him Jacob, then we can't call him Jake the Rake anymore. That is true. Which so we he's have got to, to think Jake about that for the nickname alone. Yeah, we got but to think Jacob, about yeah, that Jacob before Cronenworth, we switch it. I, I guess it's his name. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. Yes, with it's it. his name. He should be called what he would like to be called. Should we um, call him Jacob? Not yet. Okay, I'm not ready to make the switch yet. All right, I'm still trying to figure out Rugned. This is true. Don't put me in another awkward position. Okay, good point. No, that's very interesting. Very interesting from Annie Heilbrunn that Jake Cronenworth actually wouldn't mind being called Jacob, but I think he's got to make a make a statement to the Padres about this. I guess you know? he doesn't really care that much if he hasn't really made a big you deal. You know, about uh, it. and I'm sure this has happened other times, but the one time that comes to mind, do you remember? Uh, Tony Dorsett of the, yeah, uh, I know of the him, Dallas yeah. Cowboys, yeah. Uh, Super Bowl winning running back, Hall of Famer, also won the Heisman Trophy. When he first started his career, he was Tony Dorsett. Really? Yes. And then he said, no, 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 no. You guys are all pronouncing it wrong. It's Tony Dorsett. Joe Theismann. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. Quarterback for the Washington, then Sunday Redskins. Sunday night football announcer for Sunday a long night time. football broadcaster. Also famously broke his leg on a oh, sack gosh, by Lawrence Taylor. Ever. Everybody remembers that? Yes. His original name was Joe Theismann. <laughs> he changed it to Theismann because it rhymed with Heisman. 
Really? An award he wanted to win when he was in college. Wow. So if Jake Cronenworth becomes Jacob, he would not be the first no. to ever change. I've also heard Bill Belichick is actually Belichich because of the way... Belichich. Belichich. But, yeah, that would be a problem. But Belichick is just how it's gone, so... Yeah. We would, I would definitely have problems. I would have to tell everyone what my name is pronounced if I was a professional athlete because it would be well, scrabby every time. You'd want to get it accurate, but yeah. uh, Jake Cronenworth uh, thinks there's other things that are quite a bit more important, and he's right. <laughs> Good for Jake. Good Jacob. for Jake. Jacob. Or Jacob. All right. Well we'll, well, we'll probably have him on in spring training. We always seem to talk with Jake. We do. Or Jacob. <laughs> so we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> You're right. We will get to the bottom of it. Uh, a couple of quick uh, notes from other uh, items in the sports world. On this Thursday, uh, well, uh, Scraby mentioned it, LeBron James is going to have his tendon injury checked in three weeks. So uh, Lakers are going to have to do it without LeBron for quite uh, some time. Uh, Kevin Durant made his debut light for the uh, Phoenix Suns, made it a successful one with 23 points in a victory by Phoenix over the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, any other NBA news? Not really. Um, Major League <laughs> Baseball news, pretty quiet today around the diamond. And uh, let's see. Oh, we did. We mentioned this. Brendan Rodgers, the uh, starting second baseman for the Rockies. It's a pretty big could deal. Be, it is. He could be long uh, lost for the season after a uh, shoulder injury diving for a ground ball. Uh, shoulder popped out of its socket. If he needs surgery, his entire 2023 season could be at risk. This all according to Rocky skipper Bud Black. Now, a couple of NFL notes that I thought were interesting today. The Combine. You know how much I care about the Combine, Scraby? Well, it's, it's on here in studio. It is. Yes, it is, because there's nothing else other, uh, elsewhere to watch. Uh, University of Pittsburgh defensive lineman. Kalijah Kansi. Okay. Six foot one. Oh, wow. 281 pounds. Yeah, I knew where you were going. He ran an official time in the 40 yard dash 4.67 seconds. How fast is that? It's the fastest time by any defensive tackle at the combine since 2006, since they even started keeping track of this stuff. If you're wondering who the last pit defensive tackle to run that fast was, it was Aaron Donald. Oh, wow. <laughs> who in 2014 ran a 4.68 That's ridiculous. at the Combine. But Kalijah Kansi beat that. Evidently, he's a pretty good player. He had 14 and a half sacks last year. Lots of tackles for losses. But does this really matter? You're a defensive tackle. Who cares how fast yeah. you are? No, you have to. No, it doesn't why, matter. Why? You're getting blocked well, because, by like nine guys. Yeah, but because you can, if you get through the line faster, you can chase down a quarterback or you can chase down a quarterback after they scramble. It's important. I saw Aiden Hutchinson a couple times this year for the Lions just like completely run full out and catch a guy before he got a big gain, and it's very valuable. This is not a good uh, note for Kalijah Kansi. Okay. The last defensive tackle who ran faster than him, a 4.66, uh-huh. was former number one overall pick Mario Williams. Oh, well, we he know had a good he, career. He did not. Yes, he, yeah, he, he did. He was a major disappointment. No, he wasn't. A major 
disappointment, Isn't it, I say. It, I'm going to go look up his stats right now because I don't think he was a major disappointment. Uh, I remember him being pretty good. I don't. You don't. <laughs> he played 158 games. Yeah. He had, where are the sacks in here? He had, he had 97 two. and a half sacks in his career. 97? Yeah, 97 and a half sacks. Yeah, he averaged a half a sack per game. Impressive. You're going to stick on your Mario Williams. Impressive, I say. You know, I I just saw a tweet, Chris. What's that? That really bothered me. Uh Uh-oh. What does it have to do with? It's Fernando Tatis Jr. and him in the outfield. All right. So uh, this tweet is from Ben Verlander, who is um, uh, an MLB guy. I mean, he does a lot of different Fox Sports MLB stuff. Okay. Uh, Well, he tweets the video of Fernando in right field, and then he says this, the Fernando Tatis Jr. move to the outfield is going dot, 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 not so great. It's one day, Ben Verlander. Calm down. And and I see other Padres fans out there, oh, I knew it. This is going to be a bad decision to put him in right field. Let the guy play for a little bit before you throw him to the trash. saw another tweet out there. This uh, was posted today. Okay. It was our friend... The loud and loquacious Stephen A. Smith. Oh, oh, yeah. Six years ago. Oh, I know where you're going, yes. Talking about what a stupid move it was for Manny Machado to pick the Padres. Yeah, he said. And how the Padres were wasting their money. Machado was wasting his time. Nobody would go see this guy play. He's not a big attraction. He's not worth 30 million bucks. So... Maybe you'll be able to put the Ben Verlander said, tweet in that category. No, at we some definitely point. can because I, 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 I'm just I just don't get why fans are cheering for Fernando to be bad in right field. I don't get Maybe it. Maybe Ben Verlander is cheering for him to be bad in right field. Ben Verlander, I'm very surprised that Ben Verlander sent this tweet because Ben Verlander is a very positive baseball guy. He's not a, evidently it, not. I know he's not in it to like. He's not in it to um, make fun of anyone, or he's not in it to make anyone look bad. But this is one play in his first game in right field, and, and he's tweeting out to how many followers does he have? He has well, 135,000 followers, and people seems are gonna like see- a bit of a rush to judgment to me. Thank you. People are going to see this, and they're going to be like, "Oh, it's not going great there for Fernando. He did steroids." The- yeah, it just bothers me. <laughs> We're going to check some traffic right now. Come back. We have a Where Are They Now National League edition. It is Chris Ello and the disgusted Matt Scraby on Gwen and Chris. This hour is sponsored by Five Hour Energy. If you're that kid from Illinois who had caffeine poisoning, you should not be doing this. But if you're not him, you should visit fivehourenergy.com. Remember college? Five Hour Energy got you through. The energized feeling you relied on back then still works today. Rediscover 5-Hour Energy. It'll get you through again. Visit 5-HourEnergy.com. Matt Scraby, Chris Ello here at the Odyssey Palace, 97.3 The Fan. Tony off doing Tony things. I mean, that guy is so busy. And he has a lot to do during spring training. And you know what? The things that he's off doing are stuff like that. It's like work stuff. Yeah, it's not like he's having fun. He's not no. going to a Suns game. He never takes a break to go enjoy himself. Yeah, he, he's doing work stuff. So, yeah. But he will be on the show with me. Uh, Chris, you're going to be taking the day off tomorrow. But Yes, uh, I am, but uh, for, you know, not for, for, happy yeah. reasons. Yes, of course. I'm um, going to... Uh, 
a service tomorrow, unfortunately. Yeah, so Tony and I will be here with you from 2 to 5.30, and then you will have the uh, Padres taking on the Cubs, and it will be starting around 5.30 on that broadcast. That's going to be broadcast here on 97.3 The Fan. All right, Chris, you have to finish your Faces in New Places. Yes, uh, where are they now, National League version? Uh, new members of the Atlanta Braves. We start there. Uh, not a lot for the Braves. They don't need a lot of changes. Of course, they're going to have a new shortstop, Vaughn Grissom, uh, youngster taking over for Dansby Swanson. But uh, they do have a new-look catcher, Sean Murphy. Got a trade for the from the uh, A's. He got out of there, huh? <laughs> Lucky him, man. He goes from the A's to the Braves. That's, that's a, a pretty good trade That's off. a big deal. Do you know who they have in their bullpen, the Braves, by the way? Kirby Yates. Yes, I do know that. You know that? He hasn't pitched in a couple of years. I'd love to see Kirby make a comeback. Yeah, that would be cool. One of our all-time favorites around here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miami Marlins, new second baseman, Luis Arraez, the American League batting champ, went to Miami, you may recall. Gene Segura from the Phillies joins the Miami Marlins as well. Johnny Cueto is going to take his pitching talents down to Miami this year. Another uh, Padres, I guess, they it's checked not, in on him. You know, the thing is, it's not a bad ball club, Miami. They're just in the wrong division. I mean, Atlanta, Philadelphia, yeah, the Mets. Yeah. Speaking of the Mets, new outfielder for the Mets this year. Yes, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him. Tommy Pham. He's on the Mets? He's on the Mets I did not now. know that one. He did not, huh? Well, no. yeah, he signed with the Mets. He's going to compete with Mark Canna for playing time in left field. Oh, Mark Canna's got that. Uh, some other newcomers to the New York Mets, Omar Narvaez behind the plate, and the uh, pitching uh, talents of Justin Verlander, Jose Quintana, Kodai Senga, all added to the Mets rotation this year. Philadelphia Phillies. They had Trey Turner. Don't the Dodgers wish they had him back now? Yes, they do. But uh, too bad. He's long gone. Also with the Phillies this year, Tawan Walker. And I Philly, fans, from Philly fans, get ready to have some blown saves. Craig Kimbrell <laughs> is now a Philly. So look I don't forward understand. To that. Like, I know that Craig Kimbrell probably has a, a value to a team. That's why they have him on the team. But I don't understand right. why guys that... That give up a lot of games, keep getting jobs. I don't know. You'd think they could find somebody else there who doesn't give up games. Or give it, yeah, give someone else a shot. Yeah. But anyway. We'll see what the Phillies do. Uh, Washington Nationals, newcomers to them. Dominic Smith is taking over for Luke Voigt at first base. Luke has left, <laughs> unfortunately. Heimer Candelario, new third baseman for the Nats. And uh, you know who else is on there competing for a, a spot on the staff? Our friend... Uh, what is it, Trevor uh, Trevor Williams? Oh, yeah, Trevor Power? Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's on the Washington club now. All right. So all the best to him. Uh, Chicago Cubs, do I dare say their new first baseman? Eric Hosmer. There, I said it. <laughs> uh, Dansby Swanson at shortstop. Cody Bellinger in center field. Trey Mancini, DH. Tucker Barnhart, catcher. That's more than half the team. Yeah. Brand new players. They also added Jamison Tyon. They did lose. From the Yankees. Your favorite catcher, who I think we're going to get to in a little bit. Yes, Wilson Contreras. I wanted here in San Diego. He ended up uh, elsewhere. Cincinnati Reds newcomers. Will Myers. Will the Thrill. And also shortstop Kevin Newman. Oh, he's a. Remember him? Yeah, he's from from here. He's a Powegian. It's a new shortstop there for the uh, Cincinnati Reds. 
So, he went from uh, the, the Pirates to the Reds. Yes, he did. Very good. He goes from one bad team to another, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. And we mentioned Will. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers newcomer Brian Anderson at third base. That moves Luis Urias to second. We talked about Luke Voigt, Tyler Naquin, William Contreras, the former catcher, all-star catcher. But the Braves, now a brewer, also add Wade Miley to a very good pitching staff. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, one of my all-time favorite players in all of Major League Baseball, new first baseman for the Bucks. He-Man Choi. <laughs> Do not mess with He-Man Choi. <laughs> he's going to be in the National League for once. Have you ever seen He-Man Choi? Like, he's a hefty guy. Oh, yeah. But he is elastic. He, he is elastic. He stretch like no other. I've seen some some splits from yes, He-Man Choi. Yes, He-Man can do some things. Yes, he can. His name's He-Man, so. I know. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon returns to the Pirates, site of his earlier glory. Connor Joe, another Powegian, now with the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Austin Hedges. Yeah. Where's he at? He's in Pittsburgh. Man. Somebody signed him to a contract. And Rich Hill, pitcher, veteran pitcher, goes to the Pirates. St. Louis, their only real addition. We mentioned him already, Wilson Contreras. And then the uh, teams in the National League West, uh, Those these teams we're all mostly familiar with, but the Bra- the uh, Diamondbacks, rather, added uh, Evan Longoria. Yes, they base. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've also added Lourdes Gurriel okay. in the outfield. They traded Dalton Varsho for him. Uh, if you're looking for new Colorado Rockies... Pierce Johnson is the best I can do for you. Uh, Rockies uh, getting the bad news today that Brendan Rodgers, their second baseman, will probably be out for the season. L.A. Dodgers, newcomers in L.A., Miguel Rojas, who's now going to have to play a bunch of shortstop that Gavin Lux has hurt. David Peralta is a Dodger. Might be a lot of, might have forgot about that. Yeah, and I also did. Thor is a Dodger. Noah Syndergaard's a Dodger? Noah Syndergaard. He's a Dodger, yeah. I mean, well. Do I need to go through the Padres? I think we know who all of their new guys are. Yes. Bogarts, Carpenter, Cruz, Waka, Lugo, etc. And then finally, the San Francisco Giants. Bunch of new faces by the Bay, including a guy that I think is pretty good. Underrated pickup, Mitch Haniger. You have been on this guy for a while. Supposed to be pretty good. Michael Conforto returns to baseball after a couple of years off, or at least a year off. Uh, Giants also have Sean Manaya, the former Padre, and Ross Stripling in their pitching rotation. And don't forget, uh, former Padre closer, is it Taylor or Tyler Rogers? I it's don't know Taylor. which one Taylor. is going to uh, San Francisco. Well, Taylor, Taylor went to San Francisco. Tyler was there. Tyler was already there. All right, so what I what I promised earlier is that I would give you a quick rundown. And here's... This is the best I could do. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13, 14, 16, 19, 22, 23, 25, 26, 29 former Padres. Wow. That are on rosters elsewhere in Major League Baseball. 29. That's a lot. Right? That's it, like the whole team and then some. It really is. Uh, first baseman that are elsewhere now, Josh Naylor, Eric Hosmer. Where, where, wait, where did Josh Naylor go? I forgot. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, not this year, but yeah. I mean, just they're now playing you, yeah. elsewhere. Josh Naylor, Eric Hosmer. Second base, Adam Frazier, Brandon Drury. Former shot, shortstops for the Padres, C.J. Abrams. Third base, Luis Arias. Catchers, Francisco Mejia, Austin Hedges. Outfield, Tommy Fan, Franmil Reyes, Manuel Margot. 
Travis Jankowski, Franchi Cordero, Hunter Renfro, and Will Myers. Starting pitchers, Sean Manaya, Eric Lauer, Mike Clevenger, Mackenzie Gore, Cal Quantrill, Chris Paddock, who's hurt, Jordan Lyles, and relievers. Among them, Taylor Rogers, Matt Strom, Daniel Hudson, Matt Bush, Kirby Yates, Emilio Pagan. That is a ton of... Is that amazing that all of those guys played here recently? None of them play here now, but the guys who've taken their place... A little Looked bit pretty better. Good. A little bit <laughs> better. Pretty good, yeah. So there you go. For all of you who say, oh, you can make an all-star team of all the former Padres. That's a good breakdown, You can make Chris. a team. I don't know that you can make an all-star team, but there's some pretty good ones around There baseball. are all-star selections on yes, that there team. there are. But I think the current team is still better than the former team. Yes, I, believe, so I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> you'd stick with that. I think Juan Soto alone... Juan Soto makes up for all 29 guys. All 29. (laughs) All right. We'll take a break. Come back. Our interview of the day. Checking in on a Padre update from Peoria when Gwyn and Chris continues. Welcome back to the program. 539 is the time. The name of the program is Gwyn and Chris. The hosts today are Chris Ello and Matt Scraby with Tony Gwyn Jr. uh, in and out of the – Proceedings today. Tony and Matt will be with you tomorrow from 2 to 5.30. I got a quick note, Scraby, before we get to the traffic in our interview of the day. Okay. It uh, has to do with the best player in the National Hockey League. I know mm. we don't talk too much puck around here. Let me let me think about this for But a the second. best player in the National Hockey League right now, let me think it's about an this. easy answer. Is it someone on the Boston Bruins? It is not. The Bruins, as good as they are, yes. don't have the best player in the league. I don't know, then. The best player in the league is a center for the Edmonton Oilers by the name of Connor McDavid. I have heard his name. You have heard of him. Yes. Uh, last night, he scored two goals for the Oilers in their loss to the Boston Bruins. Funny you should ah. mention them. Here's what made that interesting. It was the fifth consecutive game that Connor McDavid scored multiple goals. It Whoa. broke the Edmonton Oiler record held previously by Wayne Gretzky. <sighs> Anytime you're breaking yeah. a record held by Gretzky, you're doing something great. You're doing something. In the history of the NHL, only one player has ever had a longer streak of scoring in consecutive games. Gordy Howe? It wasn't Gordy Howe, some guy I've never heard of. Oh, I, I, okay. Way back, like 100 years ago, this guy named Joe Malone. See, that stuff doesn't count. <laughs> 100 years ago? Why not? The because NHL was playing 100 years ago. It's so much more difficult to score a goal these days, I bet. I don't know. Who knows? He might have been trying to skate on rocks and pebbles back This is in true. You're right. I don't know the quality know of the ice. I the Zambonis were too, uh, too expert in those days. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Anyway, McDavid can tie the all-time NHL record in his next game if he once again scores two or more goals. I hope so, he does. Yeah, he's got a shot at it. Gretzky, the most he ever did it was four straight. Lemieux did it five in a row. And now Connor McDavid has done it five straight games. So a little hockey history for you there before we get to today's traffic and our interview from Peoria. Where he goes, the champagne flows. (laughs) It is our man Sammy Levitt from Peoria. (laughs) Getting a round of applause 
Which nobody gets nobody when they join gets. this show. Because I appreciate what <laughs> Sam's doing out there for ah, us. We love Sam. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. You know, guys, this team, I mean, I, I had high hopes, but a walk-off <laughs> loss? I mean, I, I may have to... <laughs> I may have to change my my prediction. I mean, maybe it's just not the team that I thought that I thought it was. <laughs> That's a good point. They have fallen a distant. They have. They are a distant game and a half behind the Kansas City Royals right now. For me, it's cactus Wait, league hold, or bust. Hold, in the battle hold, for the hold on a second. Hold on. Did did I did I hear Tony? Did you hear Tony? No, no, you're he's not, not here yet. Tony. Oh, he's he, not here yet. Oh, he's not. Okay, I thought I thought I heard Tony. For a second, no, no, I was going to say, "Wow, that was quick." That would have been that would have been world record time for Tony. No, he's not here yet. Uh, Padres okay. do fall a game and a half out of first place in the race for the Cactus League title, but uh, I think everybody will be okay. What everybody wants to know, Sam, is your bird's eye view of the uh, new right fielder for the San Diego Padres, some kid named Fernando Tatis Jr. Does he look like he's any good? You know, look, he, he made one routine play today and made it perfectly. He obviously had, uh, if you saw it, if you listened to it, he had a misplay on uh, sort of a, a line drive that he went to his left and back on that he got there. And he talked about it after the game. It had spin and it kind of died on him and he was dealing with the wind and he just couldn't make the adjustment to make the catch. And then he actually made a pretty good throw to second base. Uh, that nearly got the runner going to second base. Uh, I think it was ruled a hit, but it was it was certainly a misplay in right field. But look, uh, I've talked to Fernando after the game. I was there when he was uh, you know speaking about the play, and um, he was he was really upbeat um, just about the work they've put in. He's saying that he's comfortable out there and that they'll make some adjustments and that he's going to be just fine out there. I actually thought it was a, a great attitude he had after the game. There was no you know, hanging of the head saying, oh, maybe, maybe I just can't play out here. And then Bob Melvin really, you know, also echoed that just about 10 minutes ago when we spoke to him down on the field and said, look, he's going to have plays like that out there and moments like that out there. And then the next day he'll make two plays that only he can make, right, because he's such a, a terrific athlete. So I think with Fernando and right field, especially here in spring training, I, I mean, we have to remember, number one, he, he's never played out there on an everyday basis, and this is going to be a learning experience. And the good news is that he has all of spring training to work on it, and he has a handful of games after that into the regular season to work on it as well before he makes his debut on April 20th. So, you know, look, I know the, you know, if you were watching that today, you watched the misplay, the initial reaction could be, you know, oh, oh my goodness, uh, maybe he, he can't uh, play out there. But I think I think we have to take very much the long view on this, guys, and understand he's playing a brand-new position. It's not easy to play here in Arizona. The sun, the wind. So I think it's going to be a, a work in progress. That is true. I mean, it is spring training. This is when you're allowed to misplay things because it doesn't really matter. So I, I, I hope no one is out on Fernando after today in the field. But we're talking to Sam Levitt here. Padres pre and post man. He's out in Peoria. He watched the game today, but I want to talk about Juan Soto, Sam, because he is on fire right now. He's hitting 727 in spring training. His OPS is over 2000, which is just unheard of. And today he went two for three with an RBI. What have you, um, you, you've been there a couple weeks now. What have you observed about Juan Soto? What, what, what are people saying around there about him? 
they're saying that this guy is pretty good. Pretty, pretty <laughs> good. Um, look, I mean, he's a terrific hitter. When he came over to the Padres, you know, we heard about the reputation, right, as perhaps the, the best hitter in the game. You can look at his numbers. Last year was a bit of a down year as far as the average, but he still got on base at a very, very high percentage. Guys, I, I think we can't forget how good this guy is. And he has started spring training blistering hot. I mean, he's tearing the cover off the ball. Uh, it is spring training. He's going to go to the World Baseball Classic. We'll see how he does there. But is anybody here surprised that he looks great? No. No. And I think in a, in a year where he is here from the start of the year, there's a comfort level. I mean, I'm at the point, and I know it's early in spring, where, you know, he's such a good hitter. He's such a terrific player that, I mean, I, I think you just have to expect he's going to have a really great year. I mean, I, I personally would be shocked if he doesn't have a really, really good year. And I'm not just saying that because of uh, a great start to spring training, but look at what he's done in his career. Go look at, at the type of hitter he's been. I mean, when he came over, the, the you know the buzzword was generational talent and people didn't say that for no reason they said it because that's what he's been at a very young age and uh, I think you know with his comfort level here the protection he has in that lineup you know hitting with you know Manny and Tatis and, and Bogarts around him whatever order they decide to go in I think Juan Soto is primed to have a terrific season and I'm excited to see what he does in the in the WBC and in spring training and uh, throughout the rest of the Cactus League schedule when he gets back as well. Sam Levitt from Peoria giving us a little Padre update here uh, before Tony rejoins us uh, on the program. Uh, Sam, give me your uh, scouting report on Seth Lugo today, also Adrian Mortajon. Uh, both of them uh, pitched a few innings today. And um, I, I guess in a, in a way they're kind of in a competition uh, to see, you know, to clinch one of those starting rotation spots. Lugo's probably got the upper hand, but... Yeah, and we forget about Adrian Mortajon. This guy was uh, throwing some darts a few years ago, and uh, how'd he look too? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start with Seth Lugo. I mean, he looked good. He made one mistake to a Eugenio Suarez, gave up a solo home run. But aside from that, mixed his pitches well. He talked after the game about really working on his slider. He told us before his, uh, or I should say, after his first outing of the Cactus League season about trying to differentiate the cutter and the slider. But now it sounds like he's focused uh, mainly on the slider and actually back to throwing five pitches instead of six. It sounds like the, the cutter is not part of the picture, at least right now. So he talked about that, and, and he seems to be happy with where he's at. He's a guy who has a great curveball, as we know. That's a pitch that a lot of people focus on, and uh, he throws a lot of pitches. And you're right. I think Seth Lugo is a lock for this rotation, whether they go with a five-man or a six-man at the start of the year in the wake of uh, Joe Musgrove's uh, injury. With Adrian Morahone, I think that relates to the Musgrove injury conversation because potentially at the start of the year, there is an open rotation spot. And I do think Adrian Morahone, based on uh, the type of prospect he's been, based on the fact uh, at times during that development he was being developed to be a starting pitcher, and the fact that he threw three innings today um, – Look, I think he's a potential option there. Bob Melvin after the game, you know, just a handful of minutes ago, you know, said he looked good, liked the way he mixed his pitches. And, and he talked about, you know, when you have a guy in Morahone that's trying to make a team, it, it can be um, 
you know, it could be sort of one of those situations where, you know, the, the, the pitcher may rely on his fastball a lot, um, but he really mixed up his pitches. He threw a first pitch changeup at one point. So Bob Melvin really liked the way he mixed up his arsenal today and uh, the way he looked. So positive reports on him, positive reports on Lugo. And uh, look, the Morahone situation is, is interesting because, you know, potentially if the Padres wanted to go in that direction for a starting spot, um, and use the six-man rotation, even at the start of the year. If, if Joe Musgrove isn't there at the start of the year, um, it could be Adrian Morahone, or it could be somebody else. But Morahone would be an option, and, and this is a guy, even though he was, you know, primarily in the bullpen last year, I mean, he's he's been, um, you know, he's been groomed to be a starting pitcher at times during his prospect development. I was there in Amarillo in 2019 when, you know, he was a starting pitcher at the beginning of the year. So I don't think that's out of the question, and, and the report today uh, seems uh, pretty good. Talking to Sam Levitt, he has been out in Peoria covering the Padres for us at 97.3 The Fan since the uh, spring training began, even before spring training began, even when the pitchers and catchers were reporting. Sammy went there right after the Padres got eliminated at the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, he's been waiting in he Arizona since He watched the World Series then. in Peoria last year. <laughs> he was waiting for this assignment. Uh, Sam, one last one for me, and it's uh, about David Dahl. <laughs> David Dahl hit a three-run home run the other day. He had a double today, went two for three. He's seeming to me like he He's uh, in the lead for maybe that last possible roster spot. What do you think? Well, you know, look, I, I don't, I don't know if I would say at this point, you know, that there is a quote-unquote leader only Scraby because it's so early in yeah. spring training. But when you talk about somebody who has performed and impressed, and I think to this point has really opened eyes. I think David Dahl is very top of that list. He showed power, had an extra base hit today, had a single later in the game. He's he's playing in all three outfield spots. He's somebody who has versatility and beyond that has a track record, you know, and I think we've talked about this, you know, what he did in Colorado, the power he has, the fact that he's, that he's uh, healthy, you know, he was dealing with a shoulder injury, but he's back from that. He's feeling healthy. I've talked to him about it. So, look, good for David Dahl. Um, you know, does this continue all spring? Who knows? Maybe it does. But you're right. There is a real opportunity because the sense I get, the more and more we hear about it, um, about the, the potential outfield spot or, or maybe even two, is that it's a real open competition. I mean, I really get that sense, whether it's Dahl or Brandon Dixon or Jose Azokar. Um, you know, th- there's a real opportunity for someone there. And I think if David Dahl continues to do what he's done and you mix in the track record and you mix in what he's done in the past, I think there's a very real possibility he makes this ball club. So, look, he's going to get uh, plenty of chances to play. Uh, Bob Melvin said that uh, after the game. He reiterated that. So we're going we're gonna to see if David Dahl can keep up this pace. But you're right, early on he has been one of the real – standout performers and there are not a a ton of question marks or competitions for spots on this Padres team Um, the Dahl Dixon Azokar question is is certainly one of them and how that all shakes out uh, for an opening day roster spot before Fernando Tatis Jr. comes back Uh, David Dahl you could argue right now just based on the performance uh, maybe he's the leader Jose Azokar has had some moments as well and Brandon Dixon provides uh, good versatility. But uh, back to your original question, yeah, Dahl has been very impressive so far, which has been cool. He's a legit guy. Or he was at least a couple of years ago. So <clears throat> the other thing with David Dahl is he's a left-handed bat. 
Zokar, yeah. Dixon, Cruz, Nelson Cruz, Camposano. You know, most of the guys that are sitting there in a in not a backup role, but a, 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 a you know in a, in kind of a bench thing, they're all right-handed. So Dahl's got a, an opportunity. I think that's why some people think Rugnet Ordor has a chance to make this team as well. Sammy. We're not going to go too far without you. You're already on this club. We appreciate everything you do down there in Peoria. Thanks for your insight today. Go enjoy the rest of your afternoon and evening, and uh, we'll catch up to you later in the week. All right, guys. Sounds good. Thanks so much. There you go. Sammy Levitt uh, joining us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way at Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. All right, uh, that's about it for us today. Uh, we have a couple of minutes left here. Scraby, uh, you had a nice tweet that came in. Oh, yes, I did. I mean, it, we read all the ones that make fun of us, so yeah. we might as well read at least one that's nice to us. Yes, it says, it's from Rachel Rod 21 on Twitter. Shout out to 97.3 The Fan SD. I listen to Chris, Tony, and Scraby every day on the way home from work, and it's the best way to end my day. Sports talk and laughs. Gotta love it. So thank you very much, Rachel, for sending that. That was very right, just nice. Just let that marinate for a minute. You're right. You're right. Let it marinate. It, it was just nice opening my Twitter and seeing something, someone say something nice instead of you stink at your job. <laughs> so, yeah, unfortunately, that's what we usually see. Uh, thank you uh, at Rachel Rod uh, yes. for Scraby for Tony. I'm Chris. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday evening. We'll be back tomorrow at two o'clock. Adios. <laughs>